Serial was one of those shows where people figured out how to listen to a podcast because they wanted to listen to Serial. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we're going to sit down with Jen Sargent, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Wondery, to dive into the business and the world of podcasting. Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me on Predicting the Turn. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. It's a, it's a bit of a meta conversation we'll have about the world of podcasting, but excited to have you uh, on as one of the experts in the space. Thank you. So I want to start by learning a little bit more about you and also the role at Wondery. What exactly falls under your umbrella as the chief operating officer? Yeah. Um, so what falls under my umbrella as uh, chief operating officer is quite a bit. So let me start by giving maybe just a little bit of background on myself and Wondery just for context. I've been an executive and entrepreneur in digital media for about 20 years. And uh, like many of your guests, I've had a nonlinear career path. I, I originally from Maryland, started out my uh my career, actually thinking I was going to go into engineering, um, had studied uh, electrical engineering at the University of Virginia, and then found my way uh, to Wall Street investment banking, worked there for a few years, and then landed at DoubleClick, which at the time, and this was back in 2000 during the dot-com boom, was building what would eventually become the number one digital ad-serving software in the world. And this was my first taste at working at a high-growth company, blazing a, a trail in a brand-new, undeveloped space, and um, which was specifically internet advertising, and more generally, entrepreneurship. And I loved it. And it was really from that moment on in my career that I knew I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to be part of disruption and high-growth businesses. And I found the whole thing you know, very exciting. Fast forwarding to Wondery, you know, between DoubleClick and, and Wondery, uh, I got an MBA, started my own company, raised VC funding, grew it, sold it, basically uh, stayed with the acquirer for a few years, all within the media space. And when I found myself thinking about kind of what I wanted to do next, what I found was the most you know, meaningful for me personally was when I was passionate about the product and passionate about what the company was creating. And what I was finding is on my long commute to work, more and more, I was personally listening to podcasts and getting most of my news and information and a lot of my entertainment from podcasts. So I had discovered podcasts early on. And when I thought about joining Wondery, what was compelling to me was, you know, a number of things. First, I mean, I absolutely believed in the uh, the founder and our CEO, Hernan uh, Lopez, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get into his background later. But I saw the opportunity that Wondery um, uh, presented to really bring immersive, serialized storytelling to audio. And I saw an opportunity for me to help Wondery to become bigger than podcasting and create a brand really synonymous with high-quality storytelling, regardless of the format. And the other piece that was really interesting for me about Wondery, having worked in media and digital media for 20 years, was the business model made a lot of sense. Um, I'll get into this more, I'm sure, in the interview. But what a lot of digital media has been experiencing is 
really an upside down business model where the advertising as a revenue stream doesn't doesn't cover the cost of the content and as a result it's hard to create premium high quality content and you have to hope for volume and lots of of eyeballs or clicks in order to make a piece of content profitable and what i saw in wondery is an opportunity uh, to be in a market and, and a business model that could be profitable with modest-sized shows and, and modest-sized success. And you didn't have to be a hit-driven business to have a very profitable business. So I joined Wondery as Chief Operating Officer in July of 2018. And I'm responsible for all of our marketing efforts, um, which are pretty substantial around our new show launches, as well as ongoing show support, our non-advertising revenue, which is largely licensing revenue, as well as some IP development onto other platforms like books, partnerships, and then Wondery Plus, which is our direct-to-consumer subscription service. I love that. No, that's perfect. So, you know, when you look at podcasting, you mentioned it's it's this interesting medium and art form that you know, it was technically started and kind of came, was birthed in the mid-2000s, but it's really a decade later that it's kind of having its moment and really emerging as a new alternative field that people are really embracing in a big way. So how are you thinking about that future of where the category is going and, you know, what you think the company can be because of that? Yeah, it, it, it's definitely been an interesting evolution. Um, to, to your point, Dave, you know, podcasts first appeared on the scene, I want to say 2004 through Apple, but the amount of content was limited. Uh, discovery was really tough. Most consumers hadn't figured out how to access podcasts. Fast forward to 2014, that was really a, a pivotal moment in podcasting's history. Apple Podcasts uh, pre installed their podcast app on iOS devices, and and shortly thereafter, Serial really became uh, the first breakthrough serialized podcast to come on the scene. And Serial was one of those shows where people figured out how to listen to a podcast because they wanted to listen to Serial. And that, that was something, you know, really special. And that was a moment for podcasting that really set it up for, you know, some of the some of the things that we're we're experiencing and enjoying today. In terms of, you know, what that means for Wondery and what that means for the industry, just, you know, tracing back to the Wondery origin story, um, we were founded by our CEO, Hernan Lopez. And Hernan has had, you know, a long and successful career in the media space at Fox. And he ran Fox International over his uh 20-year career there and um, really helped grow it to be a, 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 a you know, multi-billion dollar division of Fox. And during his travels, while he was um, you know, spending a lot of time on planes, he started to get into podcasts, um, namely with Serial. And you know, he loved it. And when he finished Serial, he started looking around for more serialized premium podcast content, and he couldn't find very much. And I think it was that combined with his extensive TV experience that Hernan was able to draw this parallel between TV and podcasts and really with immersive character-driven stories. 
And what he saw was that TiVo was to podcasts as the Sopranos were to serial. And if if you're a TV fan or if there's any TV fans out there, you may remember, you know, what happened after the Sopranos. Well, all of a sudden, these epic stories like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones arose. And Hernan had this theory that the same thing could happen in podcasts. And he set out to create a company to make that happen, to create serialized content that was immersive, that was character driven, that really brought the audience into the story with characters that they cared about so much so that they couldn't wait to binge the content. He really saw that there was, at the time, a lack of high quality storytelling in audio. I mean, most of the companies who had a business in audio were either from public radio or the nonprofit world, or they were just creating commercials for audio. They were really thinking of audio as music or talk radio with news and sports and opinion. And no one was thinking of this new form of audio as a place for serialized storytelling. But it, it's really an amazing place for serialized storytelling. And, and, and so Hernan uh, was looking to create a company that you know, would, would create this kind of binge-worthy, emos- emotionally immersive kind of content that people just couldn't get enough of, just the way people couldn't get enough of Sopranos or Game of Thrones. But since then, the market has grown substantially. And I, I think part of that, uh, you know, was Apple's um, ability to make this more accessible, as well as a number of other uh, technical changes and, and, and podcast players that have come on the scene. So now we have Spotify, we have Pandora, uh, we have Stitcher, iHeart. We, we, have, we have so many great apps and ways to access podcasts that that has grown the audience and in turn grown the content. There's over 800,000 podcasts in Apple Podcasts alone. There's really a ton out there. But what I think, you know, it means for the industry, uh, I mean, and, and, and for consumers are, are a few things. I, I, I think we're all getting busier and busier and our ability to consume media is more and more limited and it's getting more and more competitive. And so what podcasting offers is a way to kind of multitask. You can be in your car, you can be exercising, you can be walking your dog, you can be cooking dinner, and you can be enjoying a podcast. And that is something that absolutely fits into today's consumer world and consumer behaviors. And so I think we're seeing accelerated adoption because the use case is just so clear. We all have a phone in our hands that has, you know, easy, easy accessibility to these podcasts. And then you don't have to create special time in your day to sit down on the couch to listen or to, um, you know, uh, even even sit down and, and read a book. You can do this while you're doing some other part of your day. I think the other thing and a bigger trend that's happening in society that's really helping uh, podcasts gain, gain foothold is this idea of connection. We're all constantly, you know, glued to our phones and glued to technology, but 
more and more uh, consumers are having to be very deliberate to feel connected within their community, within their friend groups, within their family. We're, we're living in this kind of ADD world that pulls us in a lot of different directions. And what can easily happen out of that is this feeling of being kind of disconnected and not part of anything. The nature of podcasts, because it's such a personalized experience that's right in your ear, people feel connected to the host. They feel connected to the stories. They feel connected to the characters. And it creates a sense of belonging and community that I think other forms of media don't necessarily create in the same way. And for all of those reasons, uh, you know, we're really bullish about the future of podcasting and what it can mean for us and, and, and the industry as a whole. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. So I want to dive in more on that uh, comparison you made to HBO and TV and the kind of this emergence of serialized TV that then led to the same thing with podcasting. The interesting thing with HBO was it broke the advertising model because brands couldn't advertise on HBO. So it was a different model. How do you think about the role that brand partners and advertisers play when you think of podcasting as being this more binge-worthy, serialized type of content that Wondery is focused on? When it comes to brands, I, I think there's a tremendous opportunity. And 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 I think one of the trends I, I just spoke about is, is really helping this resonate and perform for brands, this idea of connection. I mean, advertisers have responded extremely well to podcasts and our shows in particular, and we're seeing the pool of advertisers grow dramatically as more and more of them are testing the medium and seeing success. But I think part of what makes them so unique, a podcast so unique as a medium and platform is the fact that, like I said, most people who listen to podcasts feel that personal connection with a host. And when they feel that personal connection, it's almost as if a friend of theirs is recommending that um, that product. And that's hard to replicate. If you think about the kind of personal endorsement that comes when a friend of yours says, listen to this, buy this, do this. And that's the connection our hosts and, and, and in general podcast hosts have with consumers. So many of our clients who've tested exactly that on podcasts have found that it works extremely well for them and, and they keep coming back. So, so I think it's very unique in that way. And, and unlike HBO, which kind of shut out brands, podcasts are actually very much including brands. And um, I, I think the brands who have discovered podcast advertising as a channel have just been cleaning up in terms of very affordable rates, great performance, and creating a deeper connection with their future customers. So playing that a little bit further, you have new partnerships with NBC News and Universal Music Group and even The Athletic. Can you speak of each of those and you know what really drove the need and both opportunity behind them? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I mean, just just 
taking a step back to Wondery and, and what we're trying to be and what we're trying to do. Currently, we're the largest independent publisher of podcasts in the world. We're known for uh, some of the biggest hits like Dr. Death, The Shrink Next Door, Dirty John, Business Wars. And they're all shows that make listeners really feel that, that they're kind of in the middle of it all. This year, we had eight of the top 20 biggest shows of 2019. And every time somebody gets immersed in a wondery show, they can't put it down. But, you know, we're only in a certain number of categories. And we know that there are certain things that we do really well, and others where we need to rely on partners to bring in expertise. And and that's exactly what happened in the case of some of those deals you mentioned. So, for example, Universal Music Group, you know, we had long thought that there was a huge untapped opportunity in combining music and podcasts. And there's a number of reasons why there there wasn't enough popular music dedicated to podcasts. And at the same time, there weren't enough podcasts dedicated to music. And part of that is it's expensive to license music, but part of that is it's extremely complicated and there wasn't a clear path for licensing music and podcasts. And I think UMG, you know, who's the largest label in the world, saw that, that, that opportunity as well. Um, so they approached us with the goal of really including their music in our shows. And we will be um, creating two miniseries um, with them around music and musical acts that will be released uh, later this year. Um, so that one was specifically to fill a gap that I think we both saw in the space. When it comes to NBC News, you know, that that was one where, um, you know, we didn't want to ignore the fact that, that news and, and, and commentary is a big part of um, consumers' interest in terms of listening, uh, whether it's listening to podcasts or talk radio or what have it. And we wanted to partner with a premium brand in news, which NBC absolutely is. And we knew, you know, we're, we're not a news organization, and it would be hard to rival their newsroom and their multi-channel reach. So, you know, when we got into conversations with them about partnering, especially going into an election year where quality, you know, trusted news would just be be extremely important. Um, we we wanted to make sure that we we had a solid partner in that category. So that that was our thinking around NBC News. And then with the Athletic, you know, th- this again uh, was thinking about how do we how do we go broad? How do we create more content that that more and more people want to listen to. Sports is one of the largest categories in podcast listening and in radio listening. And um, a lot of the shows that existed before us, uh, you know, covered different aspects of, of sports, but we saw a real gap in the market to create a daily sports news show. And that was not all about opinion and sound bites. And we wanted to create a news and storytelling show and a show that goes a bit deeper into each story, almost the way the New York Times Daily really digs into one story a day. We knew that if we tried to launch a sports show without a partner, we, we really were going into a, an uncharted territory in a category where we don't have a lot of necessarily credibility and, and previous experience. So we partnered with The Athletic because they are a premium brand in sports because they have a several hundred person newsroom of of local beat reporters who cover these teams and are really on the ground getting the stories and connected with the teams and the players and the fans. And partnering with them 
to get this kind of access and get so close to the story and cover the story from the sidelines versus the press box. That, that, that was really important to us. So you just talked about how, you know, pretty much any topic out there, you guys have a play and you're one of the, you know, the largest independent player in the space. How do you think about your roadmap of where do you go next and the uncharted areas that you think have an opportunity, much like you saw with sports and the athletic? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think we're, we, we've been looking at categories where there's not just a gap, but where we can bring our expertise, this immersive character-driven storytelling to the medium. Um, one area that's of particular interest to us and I think is, is a real gap in the industry. And frankly, as a mom of two kids, I have a personal interest in, in making sure this happens too, is, is kids and family. Kids are listening to podcasts today, but there aren't many quality shows for them. You know, we've heard anecdotally that our listeners do listen to some of our shows with their kids, and we know that there's a lot of co-listening happening, particularly for younger kids alongside their parents. We also see changes in technology like smart speakers creating a path for kids to access podcasts on their own before they might have their own tablet or their own mobile phone. And so that's an area where we think that there's a lot of opportunity to grow and expand content, to do more and better storytelling, and and to really start to reach our, our, our future listener. I love that one. And as a, as a dad of seven-year-old twins, I hope you guys do that sooner rather than later. It's uh, <laughs> Story Pirates is on regular rotation on our podcast. And I need some, uh, some yeah, broader I'm ones too. other than just comedy. <laughs> We've got a lot of wow in the world, um, but uh, yes. That's fun. So, you know, many of your shows have actually been optioned or in development for TV shows. What do you think about this trend of uh, almost podcast being the new source of uh, scripts in the world of Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, it it makes complete sense. And I think we're going uh, to see more of it as an industry. Wondery has about nine shows in active development. All are either optioned or ordered to series across uh, multiple networks and platforms and production houses. Uh, it's been announced that Dr. Death, which was uh, the number one podcast of 2018, has been picked up by NBC's Peacock service, and that uh, will premiere this fall, starring Alec Baldwin, uh, Christian Slater, and Jamie Dornan. And and we're really thrilled about that. But um, the other shows will be coming fast and furious in 2021 and 2022. We've got a lot going on there. And I think, you know, back to what I said earlier, the, the, the secret is really this emotionally immersive and, 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 and character-driven stories. I mean, we care about the stories that people care about. Every single story that, that comes from Wondery is told through this, the perspective of the people and, and for the listeners. And we really work hard to put the listeners in the middle of the story as it happens. And every single story is really designed to grab listener attention and can compel them to listen minute by minute, episode by episode, which means these stories absolutely lend themselves to getting developed into other platforms like TV, much like how books turn into movies. And what's great for uh, the TV industry is we can find a hit in podcasting, you know, build an audience and then have this 
relatively low cost compared to a TV show, proof of concept, so that when a TV network goes to um, you know source a story from podcasting, they, they already know they have a hit on their hands. They already know that they've de-risked this quite a bit. So it, it makes sense for the TV industry to, to, to look to podcasting as a source of IP. And then when you have this kind of character-driven, immersive approach to the storytelling, Yes, we happen to tell the stories in, in, in podcasts to start, but, but a good story is a good story, and, 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 and that can get translated to other mediums quite easily. And I think you know, it's an opportunity for the entire podcast industry to think about you know, where, where these stories can go beyond audio. So I'd love to dive into the where the future of podcasting looks uh, is looking. You have the emergence of some brands diving into branded content and partnering with companies like yours to produce shows. You have others that are really believers that they're, it's a future B2B marketing tool, much in the way that blogging or others have been in the past. What do you see the future of podcasts when it comes to the business world as a whole? Yeah, um, I think... Well, obviously, I'm very uh, bullish. Um, you know, one in three adults in the U.S. listen to podcasts today, and that's up from one in four in 2018. I think we're going to see this crossing over the 50% mark easily by 2021. And because of the changes in technology, because of this consumer adoption, I think podcasts have the ability to become as ubiquitous as radio. And with that, I think we're going to see a number of different revenue models and opportunities evolving. I think advertising will still be a great opportunity for uh, podcasters to monetize, whether it is through baked-in spots, host-read spots, potentially programmatic spots, branded content. But what I think we're going to see emerge alongside that is the opportunity to put the power in the consumer's hands and have uh, subscription models around the content, whether it's a la carte by by episode or by series or season. It could be uh, subscription models like what we see with Netflix and Hulu. I think that you know the U.S. market for podcasting is becoming more developed, but there's a whole world out there of uh, ripe podcast listeners that are in markets that may be a few years behind the U.S. And with those markets, I think there's opportunities to see some other business models like what we're seeing in Asia emerge. Everything from kind of microcurrency, tipping, allowing consumers really to support the hosts and the shows individually that they're fans of. And finally, this idea of developing the IP into other things. We talked about TV quite a bit, but I do think there's an opportunity for podcasts to get turned into books, podcasts to get turned into events, which we see you know, a number of successful ones um, doing that already. I think um, there's an opportunity to, to do more on the merchandising side of things. So I do think all of these um, kind of advanced revenue models are emerging. I, I think we're going to see more of them come online this year and over the next two to three years. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether subscription, a la carte, licensing, et cetera, start to overtake um, advertising as, as, as the main revenue stream. 
But I also think that um, it's uh, going to put a serious dent in radio because just the way consumers have become trained to get their television content on demand from services like like Netflix and Hulu, they're getting trained to get their their their, their um, audio uh, content on demand, and and that's getting accelerated by Spotify and Pandora um, making moves into podcasting, but already having these music listeners at their fingertips. And so I think I think what what we're, we're going to see there is that. You know, people people will still listen to the radio, of course, but it will be for uh, a smaller number of use cases because they'll be able to have the control to listen to exactly what they want when they want. Wonderful. Well, that was a perfect uh, kind of glimpse into the future of podcasting. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share it with the audience of Predicting the Turn. Likewise. Thanks, Dave. This has been a fun conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.